yesterday. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but since yesterday I'm running behind. I came in here this morning. I just smiled when I came in and prayer was going on and people were here just loving the Lord. People are coming in. These things just bless my soul. I've, I, I enjoy watching people worship the Lord and praise the Lord. Yesterday when we were at our men's event, a guy, you know, I don't know. This is usually my response. Um, some people have different response. But when I hear, we had a guy that testified yesterday about having cancer in his hip and a lot of things. And, you know, obviously, you know, the, the ending of the story was that, you know, God, you know, used the doctors and, you know, he was not supposed to be able to walk. He needed, it was supposed to be using a walker with the severity of the cancer. But today he just walked with a slight limp and, and he's doing well and, and um, he's just doing good. And in all of that, um, he had to go out of his job for like six months and um, his wife had she was pregnant um, um, and he had two other children. And of course, he was a breadwinner and he didn't know how he was going to take care of his family uh, when that surgery was coming up. And God told him, don't you worry. God told him, don't you worry. And God, when when he went to work the day before he had surgery, his boss called him and said, I've never done this a day in my life, but I don't know why I'm doing it. The boss told him, I'm going to pay you all while you're out having your surgery and all while you recover. I'm going to make sure you get paid every week. When, when, when I hear those things, every powerful testimony of God, it always brings me to tears. Because this is why it brings me to tears. Because I know how good he is. And I think we take him for so granted. And it, it just, it, I just shake my, anytime I hear any powerful testimony, I usually don't respond in an outlandish way. I sit still and sometimes just weep because I know what kind of God we serve and he never fails us. He's always doing these things. And I don't know why we don't just trust him. I'm like, what? sometimes I'm like, what are we sleeping on him? What are we doing? And all while he's testifying, I'm just shaking my head. I said, that's you, God. That's just who you are. That's how you operate. And I just, I just shake my head when I hear these things. And I just thank God because there's nobody like him. This is why we're here this morning. There's nobody like him. And, I, and I'm glad for all of us that just have realized that there is a God. He's one. He's real. He's coming back. And, and, and he's in full control of everything. And we just need to trust him and just submit our life to him and let him do what he wants to do. Because his ways are always right. When you're all knowing, you can't make a mistake. Can't make a mistake when you're all knowing. No way. It's not possible. And so our God never makes a mistake. First Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. Just one verse of scripture this morning. We have a simple, simple message for you this morning. Hopefully it will bless you. The three praise and worship song they sang earlier. Man, we're, we're, the message and the songs were just so uh, just cohesive because it, it's, it's about our God. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Today, I want to preach to you on this topic. God is faithful faithful. God is faithful. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are here. You've already started moving. You've already touched our hearts. 
And now, Lord, we join together to praise you and worship you as you deliver your word unto us. We want to hear what you have to say. And, Lord, as you speak your word, we will continue to praise you. We will continue to lift up your name. And, oh, God, we want to leave here today knowing that you had imparted something to us and that we left here differently because we were in your presence and you saw fit, Lord God, to do a great thing in us. We give you the honor and the praise for these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 You may be seated. God is faithful. To be faithful is to be true to what one has promised or engaged to do. I'll say that again. To be faithful is to be true to what one has promised or engaged to do. God has come into relation with the universe, the creatures, and his precious people he made. He has revealed himself to us in various ways, declaring his will, and hence we can speak of his faithfulness. Now, here is something that I want to make note of today. We can only know God is faithful if we come to know him. We can only know God is faithful if we come to know him. When I hear of the power of God moving in people's life, when I hear of the power of God manifesting in people's life and manifesting in our world, I just sit in awe or stand in awe and just say, that's my God. This is why when I hear of the testimonies of healing and deliverance and all the things that God does, the provision, when I hear the testimonies, I sit and I say, I stand and I say, that's my God. He may be your God as well, but when he does these things, I can concur, I can confirm that that's my God. God is faithful, and if you know him, you will know he's faithful. God is faithful. And when you come to know God, you know that. I'm not telling you you can't observe things and say, God is faithful. But here is the difference between knowing him and understanding that he's faithful and just can sometimes... When you know him, oh my God, help us this morning. When you know him, you are steadfast and unmovable and unshakable. And you don't worry about whatever will come your way and whatever situation you're dealing with. Because you know him and you know what he's capable of. You know what he can do. And so when you know him, you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When you know him, you know weeping man endured for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When you know him, you know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't continue to work because I know him. 
when you are associated or affiliated with Him because you come to church, there come some times in your life where you sit back and you start saying, well, I don't know about this God now because He ain't showing up. But when you know Him, you know He might not be there when you want Him. But He will be there right on time because He's an on-time God. When you know Him, you don't let panic set in. You said, I know I serve an on-time God. When you know Him, you say, yay, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. When you know Him, that's how you talk. When you know Him, that's how you walk. When you know Him, that's how you behave. When you know Him, that's how you talk. To know God is knowing that He's faithful. And so God is faithful. Uh huh. Faithfulness, if we come to know Him, we will say He is faithful. As the unchanging one, the ever consistent one. He is true to all he has spoken. God can't speak something and not make it truth. God is truth. So he can't be like you and me and speak things and it never comes to pass. Whatsoever God speaks, whatsoever God says, it has to happen. Mhm. Mhm. God will not deceive. He will not promise and then fail to perform. He will not commence anything which he will not perfect and finish. The apostle Paul is introducing the idea of the faithfulness of God here in the scripture we just read to show born again believers we would be kept unto everlasting life by Him. The only way we can continue to come to church and not waver and continue to be steadfast and continue to worship Him and continue to praise Him is because we know He is faithful and that He will be faithful to the very end. And if we keep coming and we keep worshiping and we keep serving and we keep praising and we keep praying, He will certainly bring us through to the end and make it good. Yes. Yes. The Apostle Paul was making the Corinthians know if he make the promise you don't have to worry about it because he's faithful to keep it and let it keep going. It's because God is faithful that we will make it to the end. God can't start a thing and not finish a thing. It's because God is faithful that we can know we will go to heaven. Because he will not make a promise and says, where I go, you will go. Where I am, you will be. He will not make those promises if those promises cannot be true or cannot be completed. So whatsoever God says, it must come to pass because God is faithful. Only some of you believe that. If we search out the word of God, we can trace this great principle 
of his faithfulness. Remember what we said Thursday night. Can't get off that. Thursday in Bible study, we talked about the word of God. And we shared that the word of God is inspired by God. God's word is inspired. Uh, he, 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 he is the one that his, he, he made his word. He, he established his word. He created his word. And so the Bible teaches that the word of God, by inspiration, it means it is God breathed. The word of God is God breathed. That's what it means when it says the word of God is inspired. Now hear this. God breathed the first time we became a living soul. Mm -hmm. Then God breathed. Well, let me change that. Let, Let me change the order. The first time God breathed. He created his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Remember the word came before we did. I'm not going to get no deep stuff. The word of God came before we were created. Because we were created. And all these things were created because the word was already created. So he created his word first. Right? Then, and, and how did he create that? By breathing. Then he created man, made him into a statue out of dirt and breathed. And the man became a living soul. Then on the day of Pentecost, God breathed and people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The three things that keep you alive today is God's breath, God's word, and God's spirit. All of it came from his mouth. Well, I guess that's just ordinary to you. It's not ordinary to me. It gets me excited to realize who we are because you're missing this. I understand who God is. And so if you need to play catch up and figure out who he is, we can do that. But because I understand who God is, it allowed me to understand who we are. And we came from his breath in every way. By him breathing, we became a living person. By him breathing, his word was established. And we know that if we don't obey the word of God, we don't have life. He says the word is life. The word is truth. And the breath of God, the Holy Ghost, is the spirit that keeps us regenerated. We need his word. We need his spirit. And we need his breath to be alive and to make it. And if you're in this house this morning, you need to say, God, I want to have your breath in me. I want to have your word in me. And I want to have your spirit in me. We got to get excited about God, church. This is, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God, we got we got to we got to get excited. Something got to begin to stir us. Something got to begin to move us when we think about the Word of God. When we think about who God is and how faithful He is to us. Man, I get so excited about 
who he is. I get so excited about his plans. I get so excited about how powerful and, and unstoppable he is. I get so excited to know that no matter what my life is going through or my situation is, if I just stay and keep my mind stayed on Jesus, I'm going to be all right. If I just keep my mind stayed on him, if I just keep trusting him, I know I'm going to be all right. That gets me excited. It's me excited to know that God is faithful, that if I just keep on trusting God, if I know who he is, I know he will never leave me nor forsake me. If I just keep trusting him, knowing that he's faithful, I know that he will help me and he will help us and take us through whatever we have to go through. I know he's faithful. So if he says we got to go through the fire, he's going to be with us. That's how faithful he is. He says, if you got to go through the fire, I'm going through it with you. We don't have proof. You know, we have scripture for that, right? It said there was a fourth man in the fire. When they threw the three Hebrew boys in the fire and they started walking in the fire, the fire furnace that's supposed to be hot and destroy everything. They said, didn't we throw three men in the fire? But I'm looking and I see a fourth man. There's four of them in the fire because the faithful God that we serve, he said, if they persecute you, if they throw you in the fire, no matter what they do to you, I will be with you because you you know I am faithful. It doesn't matter what you go through. God can deliver us from some things. And some things he will deliver us from. But there's some things he's going to say. Let's go through this together. Oh, somebody hear me this morning. God is telling us. There's some things he's going to say to us. Let us. Let us. Let us. Not just you. But let us go through this together. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Ah, you're God. Who created you will go with you. Somebody clap their hands and thank God that if He don't deliver us, He will go with us. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know places in this world where there's men of God serving God and they live to go through dangerous situations. We don't even understand. They're living to go through situation where their lives are threatened, where things around them is just crazy. You know why? Because they have learned that the more danger they're in, the more the power of God is with them. We may not have the power of God with us like we wanted to. Why? Because there's no danger. Why? Because there's nothing going on. But when we go through, when we're in a bad spot, when we're in a situation, Jesus says, yay. Do I walk through the valley of David? Say, yay. Do I walk through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. You see what I'm saying? When you go through your valley, he is with you. When you go through your fire, he is with you. When you go through your troubles, he is with you. Whatever the situation is, he is with you. When we become real spiritual, when we become real spiritual, you know what we going to pray? God, you don't have to deliver me out of this. 
That's when we become big boys and big girls. God, God, you don't have to deliver me out of this. Because I know if you don't deliver me, you're going to be right with me. You see, sometimes God will deliver you and you won't get to experience his presence. He just delivered you. And now you're free. And that sometimes is what's wrong with us. We get delivered. We get free. Just to go and tangle ourselves back up in stuff. But maybe if I stay in the situation with him with me, I never get entangled up in nothing. Because he's with me. <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody needs to thank God that he is a God that will not leave you by yourself. He will not forsake you. Whatever you go through, God will be with you. Woo! God is faithful. Tell your neighbor God is faithful. We can see God's faithfulness in his promises. You want to see God's faithfulness? Look at the promises that God made. <laughs> his promises are precious and exceedingly great because he is faithful. That promise, let us hold fast. The profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. That was Hebrews 10 and 23. Sister Patrice, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that so they can see it. I like for them to see it sometime. Uh-huh. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Ooh, get that part. We got to hold fast. We can't let go. When things not going right, my God, I wish we can get it. Hassan, we can get it. Because, because when things are not going right, don't waver. When, when things are not working the way you want them, don't waver. Because what he is trying to tell you is, that's when I do my best work. Because guess what? That's when you need me. We're living for God like we don't need God. We're living for God trying to live without God. And God is saying, are you kidding me? You can't make it without me. But when you are in a situation and you are in it, just hold tight. Don't you waver. Because he that promised you is faithful. You just don't waver. Don't waver. You in a situation? Hold still. You in a situation? Be steadfast. You in a situation? Don't you make one move because God is with you in that situation. I don't care what it's looking like. I don't care how it's going. I don't care what the situation is trying to tell you. I don't care what the devil is telling you. God is with you in that situation. I don't care how desperate you get. I don't care how severe it begins to look. God is with you in that situation. Just don't waver. Just don't waver. Just don't waver. You don't want to try to deliver yourself. 
You don't want to try to deliver yourself because sometimes we try to deliver ourselves. We are not the deliverer. <laughs> Almighty God is the deliverer. <laughs> Whatever situation you're in, what you want to do is just saying, God, you are the deliverer. I cannot deliver myself. I cannot get myself out of this situation. I'm trusting you because I expect for you to be with me in this situation. Woo! Help us, Lord. God is a promise keeper. He's faithful to his promises. I don't care what it looks like. We got to start understanding that the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. And when you're jammed up and when you're in a situation, the devil will use people to speak lies to you. The devil will put thoughts in your minds that are lies. But all you got to do is not waver and trust the Lord and just say, Jesus, I'm in this situation. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm in this situation. I'm jammed up. A matter of fact, it's my fault, Lord. But I'm calling on your name because you, Almighty God, you're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. And I know you will deliver me. And if you don't deliver me, I know you will walk with me in the situation. I wonder if the three Hebrew boys had a conversation. I wonder if they were just talking while they were in the fire. I wonder if while they were walking in the fire, they said, Jesus, you're here with us. We didn't expect that you would be in the fire with us. But now that we can see you in the fire, look at them out there. They don't even realize that this fire is not burning us anymore. They don't even realize the smoke is not even bothering us. The hair on our head and our arms and feet and body is not even being singed. You're with us, Lord. We're so grateful and thankful that you're with us. They forgot about the problem. They forgot they were in a fiery furnace. If you will trust God and know that he's faithful and know that he's with you, you will forget about where you are. You'll forget about what's wrong. You'll forget about what the problem is. If you will trust God and know that he's with you, clap your hands unto the Lord. You need to worship him and thank him because God says I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, I will be with you to the end of the world. He will cause you to forget about the problem. He will cause you to forget about the situation. He will cause you to forget why you were mad. He will cause you to forget about all the evils and the wicked things that came your way. He will cause you to forget. Remember Peter. Remember Peter, church. Peter was walking on water and probably didn't even realize it. He walked on water and didn't realize it. Jesus, if that's you walking on water, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter started walking on water. Probably didn't even think about it. Peter was walking on water and probably didn't think about it. And then, and then, he started to take his eyes off Jesus and put it on what was going on around him. And all of a sudden, he realized what was going on. You know, in a normal 
way of being. When you read about sports and study athletes like I do, the great ones, the great athletes, they always tell you when someone interviewed them and say, do you realize you're third in scoring? Do you realize that you're sixth in assists? Do you realize they start, you know, telling you all the good things about you? You know what the great ones normally say? Well, not concerned about that right now. That's what the great ones always say, the true great ones. They said, well, I'm not thinking about that right now. When my career is over, maybe I can look back and see some of the accomplishments. Church, when we get to heaven... When we get to heaven, church, we can look back on the accomplishments that God worked in our lives and the things that we do. But while we're here on earth, uh, let's forget about how great it is uh, and just keep our eyes on Jesus. Uh, keep our focus on him, uh, knowing that he is the one that's with us. Uh, we can't worry about accomplishments now. Uh, we can't worry about all the things that's going on. We just got to be focused I can't tell you how many times over the years, and some of you preachers have experienced this, where God led me to pray for someone and spoke a word to them, and their life changed, or something miraculous happened to them, and they come back to me a week later, two weeks later, hey, I want to preach, I want to thank you for praying for me, because, you know, you know, you spoke the word, and it was something I was dealing with, and you knew exactly what I was dealing with, and you prayed that prayer. And I'm saying, I don't remember that. It happens a lot. If I can count how many times that has happened over the years, I can't count. Because if we're really focused on Jesus, we can't focus on his miracles. If we're really focused on Jesus, we can't focus on situations. If we're really focused on Jesus, we can't focus on anything else. Because you can't focus on two things at the same time. You can't. But we're trying. And we get tripped up all the time because we're trying to focus on two things at the same time. God is faithful. We can see God's faithfulness in him pardoning our sins. First John 1 and 9, one of my favorite passages of scriptures. If we confess our sins, he is Do we understand who he is? Do we understand who we are worshiping? Do we understand who we clap unto? Do we understand who we pray to? He said, if we confess our sins, he, he is faithful. What he's telling you is, what I promised, I will always do. It's up to you. It's up to you what will happen because what I promise, it's a done deal. Take it to the bank. You never have to worry about it. You don't have to question it. Whatever God promised, he's going to fulfill it. He says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so he went to Calvary. He shed his blood, his blood, for the remissions of sins. 
And then he tell you if you confess your sins, if you sin after that again and you confess your sins, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We can know that he's faithful in regard to temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There had no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God! Who is faithful? We serve a faithful God. Let's just stop right here and acknowledge that nobody really can be faithful like God. Nobody can be faithful like God. So who are you going to serve? Somebody that can only be partially faithful or the one that will be all faithful? God says there is no temptation taking you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So don't get it twisted. You're going to get into a situation. Well, situations if you keep living. So you're going to get in situations. Don't you worry. Because... He says that you, he will not suffer you to be tempted above. So it means that you're going to be tempted and you're going to be in a situation. But he will just not let that situation destroy you. (laughs) You're going to get in a situation. You're going to get messed up. You're going to be in a place where you need God's help. And he says, but I'm faithful. I can get you out of that situation. He says, I will not let you be tempted above what you're able, but will, with the temptation, make a way to escape. Only God knows what that means. We can can all be Bible scholars and try to, you know, say what that means, but only God really can tell you what that means. Because he works in so many ways of just how he does things. But God will make a way of escape out of your situation. You're going to be in a situation. Accept it. So don't you get in a situation and act like, how in the world did I get into this situation? You're human. You're human. You're flesh. So you're going to be in a situation. God is faithful who will suffer you not to be tempted above those things that you will be able to handle. Here's another thing about God's faithfulness. We can see God's faithfulness in regard to Finishing what he started in you. I'm almost done here. Philippians 1 and 6. The word of God says, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun. The biggest thing is you got to give him a chance to start a work in you. That's that's the biggest thing. Give him the chance to start the work in you. Because his faithfulness is telling us he will complete it. But the question is, did I give him the chance to start the work in me? How about we tell people all the time when they invite us to church, well, when I get myself together, I will come. How 
about that. People say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, you know, I want you to come by, you know, visit us. Yeah, man, I'm going through, I'm going through some stuff right now. I need to get myself together. You know how crazy that sounds to someone that just know God? We're like, that's exactly why you need to come. That's exactly why you need to come. God, God, God is salivating for you to come with these problems you have. But what he's saying is, give him a chance to start the work in you. So when you come, you got to give him something to work with. You can't just come and just say, well, I'm here, Lord. How many times I got to do this for y'all? Probably going to do it till the day that I die. So today, when we when we dismiss, when we say stand, and we're going to end our service, and sometimes I invite people to come up and pray. About three or four of y'all come up and pray. Everybody else chill, and we like to say, "Well, God knows my heart," so we just stay right where we are. Uh huh. That, that's what we do. But. I want you to always remember this about God. You have to receive what he has for you. And receiving something takes some actions. You can't receive anything by staying still. So, if you want this $20, no, 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 no. no. I wish I could put it up on the window ledge where they couldn't get it. Hey, Sister Gigi. How are you? Good to see you. Sister Gigi, sister. She gave me the sup. I'm cool with the sup. I'm good, Brother Henry. You can hold on to that. Yeah. Brother Henry, pick up Brother Miguel for us. And so I give Brother Henry a couple of dollars. So let me get back to the preaching. Thank you, Brother Henry. I didn't even know. It just hit me. When I, when I just hit. And, and guess what? He said, how you doing, Pastor? <laughs> you got to do something. I'm, I will not lie to you all. I had every intention in my mind to give him some money because he went last week to pick up Miguel. And he went this morning again to pick up Miguel. And, you know, I'm, I, I got to give him some gas money. And so I'm like, yeah, I got to give Brother Henry some gas money. And see, I'm walking around and he says, sup, Pastor. <laughs> and it hit me right then and there. That's right. Give him the gas money. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. God is good. <laughs> Amen. And so being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus, till the day you meet Christ. He will continue to perform what he said he will do because God is faithful. And so, as I close, the scripture tell us, what was the first text we read, that God is faithful. It talked about 
Let me let me read that scripture over. God is faithful by whom ye were called. That word call is not just talking about he called you like how you call someone. Uh-huh. It's not just talking about that. The call that God put out to us is a call that has influence behind it. When God call us to be a part of his kingdom, there is influence behind that call because he's trying to influence you to respond with a resounding yes or obedient to the call. Because God knows what's best for you. God wants what's best for you. So when he calls you, there's an influence that goes with that call for you to say yes. If we don't make it to heaven, church, we had pushed God back and forced him back and tell him to back off. Because it won't be because he didn't try real hard. It will be because we just rebelled. Because God is trying his best. To reach us. He is calling us with influence in that call. To see if we will answer. Because he will not force us. So he's calling us. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Says this. For whom he did foreknew. Or foreknow. He also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now verse 30 says. Moreover. Whom he did predestinate. Them he also called. And whom he called. Them he also justified. Can I tell you what that word justify means. So you all never get confused by it. Because sometimes people are confused by certain words in scripture. You know what justify mean? It means to make you innocent. Never forget that. When God says, I will justify you because I called you, I will justify you. He says, here go those people again that talk about, I just got to get myself together before I come. Tell them that God has already justified them. Right? Because what God is saying, I called you with a heavenly calling that had influence in it. And because I called you, I've already set in motion the plan to make you innocent. It doesn't matter how messed up you are when I called you. I called you while you were a sinner. I called you while you were messed up. But I've already set the plan in place to make you innocent. Why, would, why do we have to wait to answer the call? If he has a plan in place that when I come, I'm innocent, I'm made innocent, why am I waiting? Church, why are we waiting? If God has the plan to make you innocent when you come to him, why are we waiting to go to him? can't mess with God man he's got all the angles covered and so he says to fellowship with Christ he called us to be in fellowship with his son to fellowship with Christ requires us to have an aspiration to be like him don't turn it off to say I can't be like Jesus so I I, I don't know what I'm going to do because that's what listen you can't be like him until you get to heaven. The Bible says when we, when we see him, you know, that, that's when things will change. But we, can't, we, we, we can mimic a lot of what he does while we're here. Uh-huh. And so as born-again believers, we are, to, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are disciples. We are imitators of Jesus, representatives of him. 
to bear his name. Fellowship with Christ requires us to have things in common with him. Remember we talked about in the Bible that fellowship with one another requires us to have things in common? Well, it's the same thing. Fellowship with Christ requires us to have commonality. We can't fellowship with him if we don't have things in common. Uh, uh. So if we're going to fellowship with Christ, we have to be holy. Why? Because he's holy. Commonality. Yeah. If we're ha- if we're going to have fellowship with Christ, we have to have the same goals as he does. It is God's will that all be saved and that none perish. So if that's one of his goals, should be one of our goals. That no matter how much people get on your nerves and how much you look at them and say, I don't know, I just don't like something about them. You got to get that straight, sister. Got to get that straight, brother. Because Jesus looks at everybody and says, it's not my will that they perish. It's my will that they are saved. And that's the same way we have to look at people if we're going to have fellowship with him. Uh huh. And so he prayed when he was here. And guess what? We got to pray. Worship. We got to worship. Communion. We got to take communion. The Christian life is a service to Christ. In result, it's, it's, it's also service to each other. So when we say we serve God, what does that really mean? We serve each other. And so that's how we have fellowship with him. Uh-huh. And so listen to this. I close with these final thoughts. To Christians who trust and obey Christ, here are grounds for comfort. His faithfulness will carry you through every trial, every valley of shadow of death, every evil, and bring you into every promise made. So because he's faithful, he will keep you and bring you through to bring you into every promise that he made. If we will be faithful as he is faithful, we will experience a victorious life in Christ. Now, listen to this. To the unfaithful, as a ground of warning, God is faithful to his threatenings as well as his promises. So, if you're on the wrong side of the promises, oh, they're sure too. If you're on the wrong side of the promises, they're sure too. So whatever promises God made, good or bad, they will come to pass. And so I ask you to stand as I give you this last scripture. Second Timothy. Chapter 4. Here is how you become faithful. Because we know God is faithful. And if God is faithful, we must be faithful to experience. What it says, don't waver. If we don't waver, we will experience his faithfulness. And so here is how you need to think about your life in Christ. To consider yourself faithful when it's all said and done. Scripture, please. 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I didn't give, oh, I didn't give that to you? 
Yeah, I know I didn't give that to you, but, you know, she really good. When you're good, we take advantage of you when you're really good. That's how I go. When you're good, you just, people just say, you got that. Brother, Brother Julius pulled up his stuff on his phone. Yes, sir. I ain't going to tell you to read. <laughs> we had some good time yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Woo. We want to, we want to have, I got, I got a month. It's okay. Some churches have readers where the preacher say, pull up a scripture and somebody stand and get a mic and you say, read. Man, people be taking God's stuff for a joke sometimes, man. Stand over to the side and you have a reader. I don't remember nothing like that in, um, in the Bible where, you know, they was having service and they had a reader. I'm not talking about it. I'm sorry, because I know some of y'all favorite preachers do that. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that you don't have to worry about having a reader in this church. Second Timothy 4, verse 7. Here is how you deem yourself faithful, because this is how the faithful apostle deemed himself faithful. I have fought a good fight. You, you, you want to consider yourself faithful at the end of this road that we're traveling on, this journey that we're on? You need to be able to say when you're done, I have fought. Can I translate that for Paul? I have been faithful. Translate it for Apostle Paul. He didn't want to brag. So let me brag for him. Let me brag on him. He is saying, I have been faithful because he has been faithful to me. This is why he says, I have finished my course. I'll repeat it for him again. I have been faithful to the end. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. If we're going to make this, we have to be faithful throughout to the end. We have to be faithful to God. I don't think it's a big deal because I spent most of the service today talking about how faithful he is. So I don't think it's a big deal for us to say, Apostle Paul, I'm with you. I got to be faithful too. He says, I have kept the faith. I didn't waver. Listen, listen. Don't miss this. Paul didn't say he didn't sin. Because he'll be a liar. So he didn't say I didn't sin. He says, I have kept the faith. You know what that means? I see myself sometimes, because I've been in places in my life in walking with Christ where I'm like, I'm not doing very well right now. But that don't change nothing about who he is. And that's the key. Church, that's the key. It doesn't matter what you're doing or not doing. Just look to the hills from which cometh your help and says it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm doing right or I'm doing wrong, it does not matter if I'm wrong or right because he is still faithful. He is still right. And that's where we need to arrive as people of God to say, no matter what, he is faithful. And no matter what, I'm going to do everything I can, fighting the good fight of faith, fighting the good fight of faith, to be able to finish my course and kept the faith by saying, 
No matter what I went through, I knew God was always God. I never wavered in what I knew about him. I didn't question what he was and who he was and that if he was faithful, I knew he was. I was just having a bad time. I was just going through a bad rut. But I knew he was faithful no matter what. Paul is telling us something here. So because I've been faithful, so now he can tell it plain now. Because I've been faithful, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He didn't say I was righteous. He said he was going to get a crown of righteousness because he was faithful. Because we know we're not righteous. He is righteous and we get clothed with his righteousness when we are faithful. Oh, somebody got it. If nobody else didn't get it today, one person got it. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't waste all my energy and time and studying and praying. Somebody got it! Shall the righteous judge, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day, at that day, and not to me only. Oh, Church, come on now. But unto all them who also was faithful. Because the only way you will be anticipating and loving and waiting in awe of his return is appearing is because you've been faithful. If you haven't been faithful, you're not waiting with bated breath like, man, God, get ready to come back and I can't wait. Only faithful people are waiting with love for his appearing. Faithfulness is part of the characteristic of God. And faithfulness needs to become a part of our characteristic in living for him. Because if we're faithful in living for him, we're going to be faithful in many other areas in our life. God is You can take your time and do whatever you want for the next five minutes. We'll be out of here at 1230 if you want. You, you, you just take the next few minutes and talk to the Lord about faithfulness, about you being faithful. How can you be more faithful? Will you take the next few minutes just to speak to the Lord? Ask him sincerely. I look through scripture these days and the biggest thing that draw my attention to scriptures these days is the Lord is people saying to the Lord, what will you have me to do? What do you want me to do? And I find myself in my prayers these days saying more of that to God. God, what is it that I need to do? I'm tired of telling him what I want to do. We tell him all the time what we want him to do, and we wrong. So a lot of time when we're telling him what we want, he doesn't respond. He just leaves us alone because... His response will be, son, daughter, that's not what I want. That's what you want. But that's not what I want. And what I want is best. But if we will begin to go to God these days and say, God, you know what's best. Whatever you want, I will do. You tell me what you want me to do. The greatest apostle went to him and says, what will you have me to do? All the people of God that sincerely wanted God to work in their life, they went to God and said, God, what will you have me to do? And today I challenge you to do the same, to go to God and say, God, what must I do to be faithful? 
God, what must I do to be faithful? Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but Lord, I want to apprehend those things that have apprehended me. Because Lord, I want to run my race. Lord, I want to finish my course. Lord, I want to keep the faith. I want to be faithful, Lord God. I want when you return, you will find faith in me. I want when the time has come for me to depart from this world, that, Lord, you can say, Son, you have been faithful to me. I pray this afternoon in the name of Jesus that you will show me the areas of my life, Lord Jesus, where I need to become faithful, more faithful, Lord God. I want to be faithful to you, Lord God, in every area of my life, in every way of my life. I want to be more faithful to you. Lord Jesus, will you show me what I must do to become faithful to you? I pray in the name of Jesus that you hear my cry, hear our call as the people of God, as the people of God, as the people of God. Lord, none of us are confessing to be anything because we're nothing without you. But what we are saying, oh God, is that we need you. What we are saying, almighty God, is that we want you. What we are saying, almighty God, is that we want to be faithful to you. Ah, my God. And so we ask today in the sincerest and passionate way that we can, Lord, will you help us to become more faithful? We understand you and who you are. And how faithful you've been to us, Lord God. We know we don't have to worry about troubles and trials and situation. Because we know if you don't deliver us, you will be with us in the trials, in the situations. And so today we ask, oh God, help us, oh Lord Jesus, to be faithful in the name of Jesus. To walk by faith and not by our sight, Lord God. To live by faith and not by sight. Today I pray, Lord. In the name of Jesus.